0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you being with us today. I have a rather boring coffee cup today. No words on it, but it is—it is a nice shape, I guess, and it does hold coffee. So that's the main thing. Appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to be a part of this study. Hard to believe that we're already down to chapter number seventeen. So we're making our way here to uh, to the the home stretch. Uh, chapter seventeen is. A little bit of a look back, remember uh, last episode we talked about uh, God, the voice from heaven from the temple saying, it is done. Uh, the seventh bowl, the judgment that brought the, the hail and brought the earthquake, uh, shook the whole earth. I think it's the same earthquake uh, that uh, divides the Mount of Olives. I think it's the same earthquake that changes the topography of Jerusalem. It talks about it there in Zechariah. Uh, chapter 14. Uh, So uh, we're at the the end of, of the Great Tribulation, but now it seems like we go back and we talk a little bit about its major players. And in chapter 17, we see a highly symbolic chapter about Babylon, and then again in chapter 18, another one about Babylon. So which is which? Well, I think what we have in verse uh, chapter 17 is we have religious Babylon, and then in chapter 18, we have economic or governmental Babylon. I'll make those distinctions, but I think the Bible uh, is pretty clear about the symbols, and we're going to get into them. So this might seem a little bit fuzzy at first, but that's exactly the way the Bible unfolds it. Uh, you'll see the symbols and then you'll see the explanation of the symbols. And just because we only have 15 minutes a day, uh, we probably won't get into much of the explanation today, uh, at least as it's defined in the Bible. Uh, I'll, I'll give some suggestions and then, then uh, verify it as we go forward from the Bible. Uh, but today, we'll just kind of get into the symbol itself. So Revelation chapter 17 and verse number 1. Uh, where the Bible says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials. So remember them, the ones that had been dispatched from the temple uh, in heaven, had poured out their bowls upon the bowls of judgment upon the whole earth. Well, the Bible says that one of them now comes back to give further explanation, further clarification to John. And it says in verse number one, And he talked with me and said and saying unto me, come hither. So come come over here. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore or or harlot prostitute, the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. So obviously this is not a physical person uh, because a physical person can't sit on many waters. Uh, Even the waters themselves are a symbol of the nations of the world. Now, again, I'm not making that up. The Bible's going to tell us that as the Bible interprets the Bible. So I think I'm on very solid ground there. I know that I am. So who is this great whore, this great prostitute that's sitting upon many waters? Whom does this symbolize? Well, look at verse number two. With whom, with this prostitute, the kings of the earth have committed fornication. So, whoever this prostitute is, her immoral relationship is with the political system, the the kings of the earth. So government has gotten together with this whore and their relationship, although it's mutually beneficial in the short term to each one of them and mutually pleasurable and satisfying uh, to, to them uh, as any relationship like this would be, uh, is ultimately going to bring destruction and shame and all the things that fornication typically leads to. So, what what does this mean? The great whore, many waters, the kings of the earth. Well, let's go on. Verse number To again, with whom, the Bible says, the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So often in the Bible, especially throughout the Old Testament, fornication, immorality, at least religiously, is associated with idolatry. So spiritual adultery is associated with idolatry. Often in the Old Testament, Israel is depicted as the the wife of Jehovah, and when she's unfaithful, she's depicted as as a harlot or an unfaithful wife, Uh, and terms like adultery or terms like fornication are used when, for instance, she goes into idolatry. Why? Because what she's saying is, I am not being faithful to the one to whom I'm to be faithful, but I'm seeking pleasure. I'm seeking uh, satisfaction in another. So, for instance, in James chapter 4, the Bible says that the friendship of this world is enmity with God. So, there is a sense in which Uh, that we are the enemies of God when we are the friends of this world. And uh, ye adulterers and adulteresses, it says there in James chapter 4. So friendship with the world is like spiritual adultery. So it's the same symbolism. Look at verse number uh, 3 again, or verse number 3, I should say. So he carried me away. So the angel now is going to show John, some more about this scene. So, so far we see this this great whore sitting upon the waters, uh, committing adultery or fornication with the kings of the earth, um, made drunk. They're, they, they're made drunk with her. In other words, they've been duped by her. They've bought into her. Um uh, Her philosophy they brought into her wiles, I think about Proverbs chapter 7, the strange woman that flattered that young man with her words and forced him to do that, which he would not have otherwise uh, have done because of the the temptation. So we're finding that whoever this this great whore is, she's a temptress. Uh, She is convincing. uh, The the nations of the world are following her. Verse number 3. So he, the angel, carried me, John, away in the, in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names and blasphemy, having seven heads and seven and ten horns. So now we see another picture. It's a picture of this whore, this, this woman. Uh, she's on a scarlet-colored beast. So there's this association. It seems like she's in control. She's riding on the beast. She's holding the reins, so to speak. And the beast itself has uh, seven heads and 10 horns. Well, we've seen this before. We've seen this as a description of uh, the beast. Uh, Remember back in, let me see if I can find it here, uh, chapter number 13, where it says, he saw a beast rise up out of the sea, seven heads and 10 horns. Upon his horns, ten crowns. Upon his head, the names of blasphemy. So clearly, the beast here in Revelation chapter 17 is the beast of Revelation chapter 13. And one of these powers of the beast is the Antichrist, who his coalition has taken charge. So the beast is the revived Roman Empire or the world government, the world power, over which Antichrist has control. So Antichrist is not the beast per se, but he is the ruler. Uh, And the Bible says the woman, uh, the whore, is the one on the beast. So, so far, so good. Okay, look at verse verse number four. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. So this woman who has sway, this woman who is in solidarity with, this woman that has had this relationship with uh, the nations of the world, uh, associated with the beast, the world government of these last days, uh, it has great pomp and circumstance about her. She has, she's, she's rich, uh, she's, or, or she's decorated in, a, in an ostentatious way. So there's, there's, there's riches and power that go along with her. And again, as we shall see, this is religious Babylon. This is the one world religion that is allied with the one world government and kind of like a a two-headed monster, uh, they are holding sway over the world. Uh, Look at verse number four again. So decked with gold, precious stones, pearls, but then watch this, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. So what is she really offering? Uh, What she's really offering is idolatry. What she's really offering is not a substantive, truthful solidarity with God, but rather she's offering the, the cheap thrills of religion. And she has an ulterior purpose, doesn't she? So we see that On the outside, she looks successful. On the outside, she looks amazing. On the outside, she looks like she has it all together. But what she's actually offering is that which is only temporarily satisfying, but will ultimately bring shame, dishonor, and destruction, as we shall see in this very chapter. Look at verse number five, uh, where the Bible says, and upon her forehead was a name written. Interesting, as, uh, as uh, historians have studied prostitution in Rome during these days, uh, it was not uncommon for a prostitute to wear a headband with her name. So again, I don't know if that has an association here, but I did find that interesting. So the Bible says, upon her forehead was a name written, and watch the name uh, on the forehead of this, of this prostitute, of this harlot. Mystery, Babylon the Great the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So the source of, mother of, means the source of all idolatry, the source of all spiritual adultery, uh, the fountain of all uh, false religion. So it seems as if Babylon, which has always been associated with uh, rebellion against God, whether it be the Tower of Babel from way back when, whether it be ancient Babylon led by Nebuchadnezzar, uh, which ultimately gave birth to the local god Baal that was that was of the Canaanites, and uh, all of that's connected. And what, what do we find? We find that Babylon in the Bible has always been associated with re- rebellion against God, a false religion, spiritual idolatry, idolatry itself. Uh, spiritual adultery, I should say. So here, this, this religious Babylon is standing in opposition against God, but has duped and is in relationship with the governments of this world. So the one world government and one world religion are using and abusing each other as a measure of control, as a measure of of, of getting drunk upon the people uh, of the earth and getting great riches and honor and power and all the things that religion wants but that a true relationship with God uh, repudiates so the bible says uh, the mystery of babylon the great the mother of harlots the abominations of the earth last verse i'll read look at verse number 6 and i saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints And with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, and when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So John says, I saw this and I realized that this one world religion, this harlot, this one that is riding upon the the government itself uh, allied with Antichrist was responsible for the stamping out of the real followers of Jesus. Uh, ones that are responsible for the execution of, uh, the the wholesale slaughter of true, true believers. Uh, many of the tribulation saints that are in heaven that sang that great song we talked about uh, last week, okay, that they have been executed by, they have been indicted and judged by one world religion. So what will this be, one world religion be? We don't know. Is it an amalgamation of ecumenicism, is it Catholicism and Protestantism and Muslim and Hindu and world philosophy and secularism all kind of put together in some kind of a hodgepodge of tolerance and diversity, all for the purpose of aligning with power with the Antichrist. I, I, I'm not here to conjecture. I'm just here to say that religion has always been impressive, has always been controlling but has always been in opposition with true faith. And we find it right here, even in the last days. And John is just shocked by this. That's what the word means. I was astonished. The Bible says, wondered with great admiration. And the word admiration here doesn't mean I admire like, wow, I like that. But admiration here means I'm amazed. This is amazing. Uh, amazing that uh, this is what is in opposition with. How deceptive, how powerful, how incredible, but how evil at its core. And that's what we're going to talk about. So uh, I've gotten this started. I probably created more confusion than I did give answers. Uh, but starting next episode, verse 8, we'll begin to see how the Bible interprets the Bible. And that's always the best hermeneutic. So I hope you'll stay with us. We're going to jump into verse 8 next episode. Hope you have a great day. Until then, God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.